We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack of Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Packaday Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it's a Friday. We're back. We're excited to be here. How are you doing this week? Yeah, it's great to be back. You were very somber in that intro. That's somber. And so I'm thinking you're you're letting the Packers performance on Sunday get you down. But we yeah, can't you know. do that. It's only <laughs> one of 17. No, I don't want to talk about last Sunday. And that's okay because you and I, we take pride on the Friday episode flipping the script to the next game. So in the famous words of Bill Belichick, on to Detroit. Right? Listen, that's good. That's a good attitude to take. Um, I like it, and we are. I'm gonna I'm gonna shake this Debbie Downer attitude that I have because we are excited, and uh, I'm excited because I have a special thing to be excited. About. I'm gonna be in Green Bay next week. I don't get up there a lot, um, but I am gonna make it to this home opener, and I'm pretty psyched about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> they can't. This isn't a video podcast, but I'm flexing. This is, is. this is exciting. So you know, a peek behind the curtain. Kyle and I, we, I mean, obviously we, we talk every single week. Uh, we often are interacting back and forth, messaging each other throughout the week to kind of figure out what we're going to be talking about. Sometimes just like our reaction, we interact on Twitter and stuff and we've become good friends over the years. And so, you know, I think it was two years ago, uh, probably pretty close to exactly the date yeah. uh, that, that you got to come to Lambo for the first time and, and we got to hang out in person and, and we get to again. Uh, yes. So this is really exciting. We're we're gonna get to go to the game together on Monday, uh, and and see each other in person, and and also I think connect with some of the fellow Packaday hosts and and some other uh, folks on the internet sphere, blogosphere, <laughs> as they say on Cheesehead TV. So um, yeah, that, I I'm super super pumped about that, and and that just adds an extra level of excitement to 
the Packers home opener and getting the season started. Hopefully now in the right way, we'll pivot to a new direction. Uh, But this is episode 1150. And of course, people are super annoyed with me, but I don't care. We're talking Jersey numbers. And so it's 1150. We're going to talk 50s. Of course, there's a lot of recency bias going on here. You you think AJ Hawk with 50. You think Blake Martinez with 50. If you go back to my childhood, at least the very early onset of my Packers watching career, there was a guy named Johnny Holland, a really nice linebacker back then. But little history lesson for you. Bill Curry wore number 50, and he won a championship in 1965 uh, and then was actually the starting center in Super Bowl I in 1966. Lombardi moved on uh, to Ken Bowman as the center after that season, and then Bowman was there for a little while. Uh, but Curry had a lot of success with the Indianapolis Colts following that. So it's kind of cool that he got to snap to both Bart Starr and Johnny Unitas. That is really, really interesting, and I love that you nerd out at the beginning of this show every single week and give people way more than they probably wanted as far as those numbers. Hey, <laughs> if you can't get into some Bill Curry information, I don't want you listening. We just, just lost kidding. like we just lost like a couple hundred people. I'm pretty please, sure there. <laughs> okay, jumping past this uh, to today's show, we're pretty excited. Because uh, Pack-A-Day podcasts on Fridays are all about key matchups and X-Factors. We take some time and dive into the Packers' upcoming opponent, their roster, and talk about uh, the matchup that is ahead of us and what we really think the tipping points are going to be in that game. Uh, And then we also share our X-Factor prediction each and every week. So, Andrew, things went off the rails last week. Nothing followed the narrative, and so we're going to give ourselves a little bit of grace on the things that we said last week because it was kind of irrelevant. So uh, the key matchups were a mess. The game was a total mess, and I think that we are really ready to move on, like we said, to this week two and a fresh set of these key matchups here. So let's jump in. Let's talk about how we match up with these Detroit Lions. First of all, I'm going to correct you on something. The key okay, matchups, correct. in fact, were a key matchups. It's just well, that the Packers <laughs> got obliterated in all of the key matchups. Like, we correctly identified <laughs> exactly what they needed to do to win, that and they true. just didn't do it. That that's that that can't uh, be blamed on us yeah. too much. I think when our I X say, factors were big swings and misses. Yeah, but that's true. That's, <laughs> it let's be fair. A theme that the the X factors are swings and misses, but you're right. We just uh, identified the things, and we said the thing that wasn't true. We said those are going to be really interesting to watch. I don't know that they were interesting to watch <laughs> as much as horrifying, but uh, we weren't too far off. But let's let's turn the page. Let's get to Detroit. All right, so I'm going to focus on the Lions wide receivers versus the Packers cornerbacks. And if there's ever a chance for the Packers cornerbacks to shine in a bounce back game, it is this one. Right, we're talking about Tyrell Williams, Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown. That should not be a very intimidating matchup when you're talking about going against Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Eric Stokes. I think the Packers quarterback should be expected to blink at those wide receivers. And if they can hold up, that's going to give Joe Barry the freedom to commit resources to the run, which I think we can all agree that they need some additional <laughs> resources against the run. And then also to covering TJ Hawkinson. So I'm especially interested to see the snap distribution between Kevin King and Eric Stokes as the rookie performed relatively well. And King eh, maybe didn't so much. 
Oh, it's a theme that we just keep seeing for sure. Um, man, I'm going to move on here. The Packers interior offensive line against the Lions defensive tackles. Okay. Um, the Lions played 55 snaps on defense this past Sunday. Their defensive tackle with the most snaps was Michael Brockers, right? Welcome to Detroit, Michael Brockers. He played 37 of 55 snaps. Nick Williams played 35 snaps as well at the top there. But then they were mixing in guys like Kevin Strong and draft crush of Packers fans everywhere, Aleem McNeil. But nobody in this group played very well. They all graded out below average for PFF. And it's a big reason, probably the reason that the 49ers were able to run so darn effectively. So I think it's going to be really important for the Packers to get back to the ground game on Monday night. And they need to beat up on this defensive line and pound guys like Jones and Dylan. And so it's going to be really interesting to see if we can get good games from Myers and Newman and Patrick on this offensive line and really get things going on the ground to help Rodgers settle into somewhat more of a rit- rhythm after what was obviously a really, really rough start for him in week one. Yeah, and I think that'll be ever more so important with Lucas Patrick still yeah. potentially recovering from that concussion. And um, right. I would assume if he's out, we get John Runyon Jr. And so that mm-hmm. could be scary, right? John Runyon mm-hmm. Jr. in his second year, who's essentially a rookie, I mean, very limited snaps during his rookie season. Newman and Myers, an interior offensive line that would be very inexperienced. And so you'd hope to get the ground game going instead of having, you know, being forced to drop back and pass and potentially having a bunch of pressure up the middle on Aaron Rodgers. So uh, we will see how that plays out. Hopefully Lucas Patrick can recover quickly. I'm going to flip the script here. I talked about the Lions wide receivers with Packers cornerbacks. I'm going to go with the Packers wide receivers versus Lions cornerbacks. And You know, obviously, nobody was really good on the Packers offense last week, so everyone should be in line for that bounce-back week. You have Devontae, (laughs) you have MVS, you have Lazard, you have Cobb. They're going to get to go up against Amani Orowe. Orowe. Oh, Oh, man, I practiced that pre-show. He did. And I, yeah, okay, well, it took me two attempts, but I got it right. (laughs) And uh, Ifitu Melifanwu, and remind me how to pronounce his first name. I I think it's a Fatu. Afatu, you're correct. Uh, and and uh, first, that's the best-named corner duo in the league. It really like, is. Good job, Detroit Lions. <laughs> um, second, they're really inexperienced, right? We have a, I think, Oro Arie is a second-year player, and Melifanu is certainly a rookie. Um, and Jeff Akuda was just placed on the IR, and that thrust Melifanu into the starting lineup. Um, by the way, Jeff Akuda, another great name. Detroit really got it going on there yeah, in the name yeah, category. Yeah. Um, but this makes the second week in a row the Packers will be matching up with another rookie cornerback Kyle and I were in love with following Paulson and Debo. Hopefully Melifanwu has a little less success than Debo did last <laughs> week, uh, which made us look good and made us feel bad. Yeah, absolutely. That was the mix of, oh, I'm so proud and I'm de- devastated. Like, that was awful. But, hey, listen, um, it's really interesting. Melifanwu played in the box a little bit this last week strangely pff has him listed as a safety and i've seen some chatter amongst uh detroit beat writers that like the Lions just don't know what they're quite doing with him yet but this injury is probably going to force him back to his natural spot of playing that more true corner position so it'll be interesting to see what alignment we actually get from malafonu on sunday but yeah again so hard to love these guys in the draft process and then have to go up against them on 
on Sundays when they're on the opposing uh, sideline. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit here about the Packers pass rush versus the Lions offensive line. And there is a clip going around on Twitter of Jameis Winston just having absolutely all day to throw. And that was kind of a theme of Sunday as well. The pass rush just really had a hard time getting home. And when they did get there, they got hit with some bogus roughing the passer penalties. But we're not going to dwell on that. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, The reality is that the Packers pass rush does need to be better. They're too talented of a group to not be more disruptive. Um, Now, the Saints offensive line is absolutely full of studs. And they just simply outplayed the Packers pass rush on Sunday. But this Lions group, I don't know that studs would be the word that you would describe it as, right? We've got rookie Penny Sewell, who actually played really, really well in week one. And Frank Ragnow is certainly someone at center that you can accurately apply the term stud to, right? But the rest of this group is rough. We know that Taylor Decker is out, which forced Matt Nelson into action on this offensive line. Nelson graded out pretty horribly across the board for pro football focus, but his pass blocking grade was absolutely atrocious. And with Decker out for another couple weeks with that finger injury, we probably should expect to see Nelson in at right tackle again for this team on Monday. I know they just elevated someone uh, from the practice squad, so maybe that's a desperation move that they recognize how bad it was. But either way, it's going to be someone who's not with a bunch of experience playing that right side of the line. Um, I mentioned that Ragno is obviously a really, really good NFL center, but the rest of the interior is a mess as well. The guard, Vitae, graded out near the bottom of the guards in the NFL after week one. And Jonah Jackson's pass protection grade, there were only eight guards in the league worse this past weekend, according to Pro Football Focus. So Z, Preston, Gary, Kenny, all these guys need a get-right game, and it feels like this offensive line that they're going up against could be just what the doctor ordered. Absolutely. So why don't we transition into X-Factors? Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's do it. Uh, we want to talk about these guys, and Andrew and I continue to miss <laughs> with our, our calls here. This is the week, Andrew. We are going to turn this around, and we're going to There were no Packers X-Factors last week. This... We didn't miss on anything. <laughs> That's true. Let's give ourselves a little bit of— We could have um... picked anyone on the roster, and we would have been wrong. With the it's exception true. of Eldon Jenkins and Jair, which, like, I got to be honest— can't be X factors the way we define it. Yeah, absolutely. So we know that we give ourselves a hard time because it's hard to identify these guys. Uh, but these are the guys that we expect will play a bigger role than maybe fans would expect going into this game against Detroit. So let's take our shot here, Andrew. It's week two. We've turned the page. Who is your X factor? Who's absolutely going to live up to this this week against the Lions? You ready for this? I'm ready. Tell me. I'm going to pick Devondre Campbell. Don't pick that. So <laughs> I I had to like really pump myself up for this one because I was like, ah, oh, what a boring pick. But there is some rationale here. Okay. Number one, Campbell led the, the linebackers in snaps on, on Sunday. And I, I think that's something that we will see moving forward. And I think he's going to have a huge role in trying to stop DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and the Lions rushing attack. And I said last week, the Saints' path to victory was dominating with that fantastic offensive line and Alvin Kamara going nuts. Well, of course, it wasn't all Kamara, uh, but the front seven got absolutely pulverized. And if they can accomplish slowing the rushing attack down, Campbell's also going to get a secondary assignment, and that is helping to do his part to slow down TJ Hawkinson. So... A nice performance from Devondre is likely going to mean the Packers' defense does enough to slow down Detroit and likely leads to a victory. If he doesn't, well, 
I'm not sure I'm ready to deal with the reaction, <laughs> both in person at the stadium and then on Twitter for the rest of the week. Uh, but one way or another, I think Campbell is an X factor, good or bad in this mm-hmm. game, and, yeah. and is going to be a really, really crucial part of uh, the middle of that defense, which needs to play much better. Absolutely. The reason I yell at you for picking Devondre Campbell is because I think you're right. And I think that this is a key place for stopping the run, for stopping Hawkinson, as you identified. I don't think the Packers are concerned, shouldn't be or shouldn't need to be, with losing on the perimeter. They have the pieces, and the Lions just certainly don't seem to. But if they can... If the Lions can stay in this game, it's because they can take advantage of the Packers in the middle of the field. And I do think that Campbell's going to have an opportunity uh, to live up to his hype. I mean, to to be that guy that fills that role or, as you said, uh, maybe be a guy who gets picked on a little bit. So we'll see. Um, But we're certainly rooting for him to be the guy who makes that positive impact as an X factor as well. My X factor this week is A.J. Dillon. And I... Mentioned earlier that this is going to be a game where the Packers need to get back to the ground game. This needs to be a place where they can hand the ball off a little bit, tire out this defensive line who did not show well last week, and really let the Packers settle into a little bit more of a rhythm. We didn't need Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball as much as he did on Sunday. We need to become that Matt LaFleur offense again that relies on the ground game and plays off of it and does some play action and those kinds of things. I think we'll see a plenty uh, of Aaron Jones in this game, whether that's in the passing game and as a runner. But I think as we get deep into this game, I think the difference and the thing that will let the Packers pull away is if they can tire out this defensive line. And I think especially if your offensive line is young and inexperienced, one thing that can kind of give you a little bit um, of credit is a runner that can run through guys rather than always around them, even if those blocks aren't perfect. So I think A.J. Dillon's going to be really valuable in this game, and we'll see him have a much larger role in Week 2 than he had in Week 1. Yeah, and the Lions have a really weird linebacking core, right? Like, they still have the leftovers from the Matt Patricia scheme yeah. and Jamie Collins and... Well, Trey Flowers, I guess, is an edge player more than he is a linebacker. Sure, but still, sure. you know, the sort of heavier guys. But then you look at the rest of that linebacking core, Alex Anzalone, Romeo Quara. Uh, Romeo Quara is a bigger guy, um, but Anzalone, uh, Jalen Reeves-Maben, some lighter linebackers. And, and that may give A.J. Dillon an opportunity if he can get to the second level, if the Packers offense line can do their job against that line. Uh, some some lighter linebackers to really run over. Uh, so I, I think you could see a little bit of, you know, the thunder-lightning combo, and I, I, I like what you're saying about Dylan having the possibility to to get loose a little bit. Before we let everybody get out of here, we did want to take just a couple minutes and do a quick injury update, nothing that's going to be um, – you know, definitive. We've got some some people on the team that are going to help you out with that as we get further into the weekend, get you a clear picture of that injury status. But some updates today around the Twitter sphere we wanted to mention. Of course, we're keeping an eye on Darnell Savage and that shoulder injury to see if he can work his way back. It sounds like that that's not an impossibility. So keep an eye on that. As well as from the Lions side, uh, Tyrell Williams remains in the concussion protocol. And head coach Dan Campbell said that he's not around today. He didn't get to practice. And so it didn't sound super optimistic that Tyrell would be available, which just really speaks to the lack of depth that then is there behind Tyrell if he's not able to go. So some things to monitor that should get a little bit clearer in the days ahead before Monday's game. 
Yeah, and then uh, just ad lib to close out the show, what, wondering what are your thoughts on, on this game? What do the Packers have to do in order to win? Um, are, are there some things? I mean, certainly, regardless of how last Sunday went, I, the, the Packers should be favored in this one. Um, are there some things that you can see the Lions having a path to victory? Man, it's hard. I mean, I know the Lions just seem seem to be that team that always play the Packers really hard, even when their roster doesn't suggest or their record suggests when they match up uh, that they should be in it. But the Lions always seem to be. They seem to give fits. Andrew, when we got to watch the game two years ago live, uh, it happened to be Packers-Lions then as well and came right down to the wire and required the Packers to come back at the last minute to win that game with some heroics from uh, Alan Lazard and Jamal Williams sitting down on the two-yard line. So the Lions give the Packers fits for whatever reason, and um, they rallied at the end of that San Francisco game. I do think that the Packers need to be really, really careful uh, to to really put some guys in the box and force the Lions to try to beat them through the air um, on the perimeter, make some take some deep shots, try to stop that running game because I thought if they can do that and they can put this game in Jared Goff's hands and really play to the fact that they have a strength at corner and at safety, I think this game strongly favors the Packers as I think everyone recognizes. But if they can't eliminate that ground game. And they can let the Lions team that is is a very different culture that's just started there where they may be content to just chip away with uh, grinding it out. I think that they could stick in this game for a long time and having guys like Swift and I mean, Jamal Williams fan favorite, but he's playing for the other team right now. Those are guys that could really, you know, keep this this Lions team in this game for a long time. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on on how a Lions victory is possible and what the Packers need to do to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, on one, one side, the Lions scored 33 points against a really good San Francisco defense. And yeah. San Francisco's defense didn't look good <laughs> last Sunday, yeah. but we, we we know the talent level that they have. But the Lions defense gave up 41 points to right, a San Francisco right. offense that we don't really, like, you no. know, necessarily consider one of the top units in the league. So that is really interesting, you know, looking on, on the stats from that game. The DeAndre Swift had 65 yards receiving. Jamal Williams had 56. So, and then TJ Hawkinson led the team with 97. So we know Jerry Goff is looking for that check down. That, mm. That's going to be a big part of his success. And the Packers have to have a game plan for that because historically they have not necessarily done well uh, with, with, you know, covering that underneath stuff. And, and it's going to be a problem if they don't do that on Monday night. So, yeah, we talked a little bit about of course, there's a, a painful path to losing the game by giving up chunks of yardage in the running game. And that's mm-hmm. a serious threat, too. But also watching for those those checkdowns, especially given that the, the Lions offensive line isn't necessarily an elite unit, as, right. as you had mentioned earlier. So Goss probably going to be looking to get rid of the ball quickly. So I think those are the things. I think if the Lions can score a bunch of points, they got a chance in this one. Um, we certainly expect a big bounce back from this Packers offense. But the one thing that, that could prevent that from happening is if the interior of the offensive line doesn't, you know, click. Right. And, and if they give up interior pressure, Aaron Rodgers has always had a problem with that. Of course, every quarterback has problems if you give up interior pressure. But uh, Aaron Rodgers seemingly more so than some other quarterbacks. So 
Um, I'm expecting the Packers to win, but I was expecting the Packers to win last week too. So yeah, that, that just goes to show you the unpredictability of the NFL, especially in week one, especially when you're talking about a team that didn't play any of its starters in the preseason. So <laughs> um, hopefully they have everything uh, a little bit under control. We see a bounce back game from Joe Barry and play calling and then mm-hmm. a bounce back game from this team as well. So any, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I think that's it, man. We've, we've covered it. We've given you your matchups, your X factors. We are ready to turn the page, get to week two, and officially kick off this season that will be 16 games long for the Green Bay Packers. We're just throwing out that week one. It's going to be great. Uh, tune in Monday night to watch this game. It's going to be a good one. Hopefully 20 games long. Uh, but that <laughs> is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Murdoch. Remember to also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please consider giving us a five-star rating if you like what we're doing. Go out and subscribe. You can get Kyle and myself every single Friday. Next week we'll be back getting you ready for Packers week three game. NFL season, we're already underway. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, remember... happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com